Hey y'all, it is me, it is I, it is your girl, love, Ashley Elaine. Welcome back to Voices of the Body, the podcast. So, I am so happy that you continue to choose me to be your guide as we journey through this thing called life, this thing called our body, all the healing, all the things, all the things. This particular episode I'm launching it on purpose during um, International Yoga Day, whoever made that up. Um, I'm, I'm chatting in. I'm, I'm, I'm having a great conversation with my girl, Prita Day. Ah, she's so amazing, full of life, full of energy. We're having a really good conversation on yoga, right? Um, I'm going to tell you now. It's not just on, oh my God, I love yoga, but it's like, nah, be like, let's really like talk about this, right? Like the root of it, the truth of it, what it actually looks like. And listen, that you are already probably doing yoga, right? Moving away from what we see in those fancy, pretty pictures. I know I already kind of did an episode on this, but it, I like... It's amazing to have a uh, perspective um, and we dive a little deep. We dive a little deep. So prepare your mind, body, and soul as we get into this episode. And welcome back to Voices of the Body. So I have another cool friend that I met on the playground. Yes, I keep meeting all my friends on the playground and bringing them home with me. Pratiba <laughs> Day, what's up, girl? You're wild. <laughs> <laughs> the sky, the moon, the stars, everything inside of me. For real, for real. Happy um, to be here. This is cool. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, really random, but not random conversation that we're going to be having today. Um, but first off, tell us about you. We want to know about you. <laughs> yeah. So my favorite thing to say is that I'm free spirited and I don't like conformity. <laughs> but mm-hmm. so I founded our Try Together community on Facebook and on YouTube back in 2020, which is focused on mental health and wellness. and Today, we're going to talk about yoga, but I, you know, I've practiced hot yoga and now practice dry yoga. (laughs) (laughs) yoga. But, you know, I really wanted to come on here because it's fun talking with Ashley and I look forward to what we unraveled today, uh, you know, freely. So nothing is planned. I hope that's okay with you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so uh, today's conversation is um, 
really around yoga, right? I've been in a space, a lot, all my listeners know that I talk about yoga, I do yoga, I'm a yoga teacher, like they're probably sick of it, but probably not. Um, but I, I've been in, <laughs> I've been in a space lately where it's like, okay, like curiosity and questioning certain things, like why we say certain things, right? And why we do certain things. And is this a part of what I learned or is this who I am authentically as a teacher, right? And anybody that really truly knows me knows that I I like to move in intention. I like to do things with pure intention um, and stay authentic to myself, which means being a teacher. And even in my own practice, I like to stay authentic to that. Um, so today we're talking about all things yoga again. <laughs> Right, so you know that Janelle Monet song, the yoga uh, song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah she's like, get off my areola. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so uh, Pratiba and I were sitting around one day after a class that we both took, um, and we're like, kind of diving into the depths of like namaste right if you guys have noticed i don't say namaste anymore after our after each uh episode and i've started not saying it in class anymore but i've already like i said i've been already like this one day i said it and i was just like why why do we say this and like even something in me was like if somebody asks me what does this mean am i going to be able to give the proper response Right. It's like I've been taught to say namaste at the end of class. Yeah. It's like, am I supposed to be saying it at the end of class? Is this like, what does it really mean? What is it like? Why is it tied into the practice? Like all of those. Um, Ratiba is actually like her, like her background. She's Indian. Her dad was a monk. Right. So talk to, <laughs> yeah. us, talk to us about that and like what growing up in with a monk <laughs> was like. And then just what what that looks like in real, I guess, yoga, yogic time. Right. Uh, language yeah. is a thing. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so so let me clarify. So it was before I was born when he was on his journey of Buddhism and Hinduism. And it's all combined because, you know, Buddhism stemmed from Hinduism and so did Christianity. So Hinduism, you know, is the first religion uh, in the world. And it's, I just want to start with saying that I feel like it's so fascinating how a lot of people don't have the education behind what they do, how they do. And the same reasoning you were saying, why do we do this? A lot of people have surface level understanding. And I find that to be like appalling and ignorant. Mm-hmm. because I feel like if I were, you know, on the path of being a yoga teacher, I would go to the roots. And that's what you're doing because, you know, you have plans to, I don't want to say your business, but you have plans to, you know, uh, find more about the roots. And a lot of people don't take the time to do that. And they feel like they can invest in just a course and certification, do 200 hours, and suddenly you're a yogi or suddenly you're, and it's like, that's not how that is because you yeah. have to know yourself to be in alignment I feel like in the in the Western world, it's become very, very easy, right, to yeah. become a practitioner and very common to where it doesn't have the same substance, I feel, as it would if you learn from somebody who's of older age, who's been in that realm for their whole life. And they may not even speak English, but 
it's the person that you need to learn from because they're rooted. So regarding my dad, like before he was before and during when he was married, he actually went to Osho's ashram. If you guys know of Osho, um, and he went there and he had the opportunity to be in his presence and Osho had actually touched him. And my dad felt awakened and enlightened. And some of that can be psychological, but there really is truth to that because Sadhguru as well, if you guys know of him now, he's a big deal globally. Mm-hmm. Also, I know who've been touched by Sadhguru uh, that are friends of mine and definitely felt a shift in their energy and awakenness. But regarding my dad's journey, you know, he left home when he was younger and he was a wanderer and a traveler and he never settled into one place until marriage. But he had the opportunity to stay at Osho's ashram and keep learning more. Um, but he decided that he was going to take up a um, comfortable lifestyle with a government job and decided to go that route. But he had different aspirations prior spiritually, right? Because we're not here on this world to just pay bills and die. Like that's the common thing. Talk but about spiritually, it. here, <laughs> yeah, like spiritually, what we're here is human connection and uh, oneness and understanding of ourselves. And that's what yoga does. And yoga stands for union and unity, you know? So when it comes to really understanding why we do what we do, I feel like it all goes back to wanting to care about the roots and not wanting that easy investment. Mm. Um, can you, what else you wanted me to say? <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's, I mean, like you're, you're, you're leaning into it, right? Because to be a doctor, right? Like how yeah. many years of school do you have to do? And then like, if you watch enough Chicago MD and ER when we were growing up, like they were in residency for like three, four years. You know what I'm saying? Before it was like official for them to get their white coat and be able to move into actual, um, I don't want to say le- actual practice, but you know what I'm saying? Like there was so many different layers and levels of things that they had to do. And you didn't just graduate from high school and say, okay, I'm going to be a doctor. And tomorrow now I'm a doctor. It's like, there's a journey and a process, right? There's language shifting, right? And there's, there's a lot of understanding, like your own autonomy over, okay, if I'm going to be a surgeon, I have to learn hand-eye coordination, Right. Mm-hmm. I have to learn intentional movement and probably even incorporate breath work into that because of the the intensity of what I'm doing. And somebody's life is literally in my hands. Why do we look at that any different with yes. yoga? Right. And that reminds me also, you know, they say regarding police officers should have more training and psychological assessments and things and um, knowing how to calm someone down um just briefly you know when i had a car accident police officer told me to calm down while i was having a panic attack that's not how you make somebody calm down you know these kind of skills and such as like i was just talking to you prior to the show about how my doctor told me advised me to lose weight and these kind of topics need to be taken more uh carefully more friendly approach and more sensitive approach because you don't know where someone's at mentally Mm. and you know, going back to my dad and his story, he, when he ventured out into that, you know, during his journey, like he's told me different parts, but one thing that I know is that when he felt the same enlightenment, you know, that kind of miracle, that source, that light, like literal light, you know, and power, I feel like I'm not sure if everyone gets to have that experience, you know, and how much psychological 
practical measures have to do with that, how much belief has to do with that, or it really is true and what it is that that really happened. And maybe nobody else saw it in that moment, but him as a human being, because the things miracles that, you know, miracles are something that's not comprehensible to our human mind. That's why we call it a miracle because we don't understand. It's like, wow, like so magical. Like, I don't know how it happened because not everything in the world has answers. A lot of things are unexplainable to us. Mm-hmm. We don't, we still don't psychiatry, psychology have the answers to why uh, our brains are the way it is. Every single individual's brain is different in the world and nobody has the answers. And I don't know if we ever will, or they just don't want to disclose that, you know, they do. But in his journey of that, you know, that's when he, when he saw that light, you know, when he saw um, he had met somebody and when he saw that power that shifted him, you know, and since that day, he's felt more spiritually aligned. He always had some psychic powers and visions and palm reading. And these are his specialties that he naturally has done with people. And those things have come true, what he said in the past. Um, I don't know if he does it anymore, but he has had that power. And some things he's not able to say, because when you say you can't have that gift anymore, or when you explain things, you can't have it anymore. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I came to learn that, but also with, um, are you good? <laughs> I'm here. Sorry. No, you're fine. I'm oh, here. Yeah. You said something <laughs> and it made me think of something. And I was like, let me see if I can yeah. find it before I lose it. But I'm, yeah, and I want to, I want to say about, you know, in Sadhguru's foundation, Isha Foundation in India, the people that work there and volunteer there, you know, with Sadhguru, a lot of it is based on volunteers at Isha Foundation, how it's come so big and Sadhguru's become a big deal. You know, they study there for five to seven years before they even let go to level one regarding mm-hmm. being a yogi yeah. you know it's a whole journey Sadhguru does not promote the people that work under him uh just for being there a year's time or just during certain clinical hours and things of that nature this is something that's so western and yoga came here through Bikram and it's not somebody I'm a fan of but if you guys ever watched that Netflix documentary um Bikram Bikram yoga whatever uh you know, the methods that he taught, uh, I forget the gentleman's name, but they were, some of them were copied, you know, through someone else that was in India and Bikram brought it over here. And in California, I believe that yoga started and, um, you know, everyone started uh, learning about it more. So Caucasian people are so fascinated with it. And that's how it came to be. But the thing is, I I just find it so mind boggling how when I, when I first got into yoga, hot yoga, before I was at honor yoga and I was doing hot yoga that, and I tried other studios that I I was just confused about why namaste was being said at the end of class. And I felt it didn't align with me because namaste means hello to me. Namaste is something you say like, hi, like casual, hi, like, Hey, hi, hello. You know, it's not something so in depth, you know, and American culture has made the word namaste as if it's such like a life and death (laughs) word, like such as uh, such heaviness, like, I love you. Like, you know what I mean? It's become so deep. It's not, deep and it's deep over here but it's something so casual it's like drinking water you know Mm. and when they try when you you know you lose the essence and embrace of what something really is when you emphasize on it too much and make it so deep when it's really not deep you 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 confuse the hell out of it you know there's for it to be deeper than it is just leave things being a lot of we know for colonization all that a lot of people (laughs) you know that america has not let things be you know, because of colonization, it's like just to leave things be. And they haven't been able to do that here. And a lot of things are in America are taken from other countries. And if you're ignorant to that, then I feel like you need education. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. And so the namaste, like, you know, I came to understand now, like I can understand why it said at the end of class, because, you know, I was telling you the other day that, okay, like I can see how, like, if you're leaving, like, you know, in an Indian home, you're leaving your relative's house, like you can say, uh, okay, thank you. Like namaste ji, meaning like um, that, you know, like I'm leaving now, like, as in just like a form of like respect, but it's not, I never knew that at the end of a yoga class, that's that's what they do because it's cultural appropriation and it is and i was telling you about um someone i know who had another indian lady on their podcast and show and who was aligning with that they don't care what you know uh what the western world does and saying namaste that in a class and i feel like you're part of the problem yeah. if you're just a and being a yes man or yes woman then being like hey no like that's not what we do i don't know why you're doing that and the mind-boggling part that i was mentioning is because why is nobody voicing themselves or mm. they don't care to Indian people don't even do a lot. I honestly don't even know a lot of Indian people who even do yoga and Indian families doing yoga is not a thing. Like maybe in India, maybe in the mornings or maybe depending where you live, but yoga is not, it's like eating sushi. Like when I went to Japan uh, in December last year, sushi is not a big thing in America. Sushi is a big thing. Let's go get sushi. Everyone loves sushi. Japan is not about sushi. So yeah. these things that we make a big deal here in the Western world are not a big deal in the actual country. That's it's crazy. a joke. Yeah. That's, and it's disrespectful and yeah. it's rude. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, uh, So, wow. Yeah. Um. So I do a lot of work in like early childhood and I was in a fellowship class and we were talking about like, um, I believe like we were talking about like diversity and our presenter that night is a Hispanic male. And I I so valued like one having his perspective, right? Because being in that 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 non-Caucasian um perspective on anything, especially when we're talking about like early childhood, especially when we're talking about cultural appropriation, right? It's like, okay, like I want to hear like what you what you're really feeling about this, right? And he said if you think about America constantly calling America a melting pot, what do you hear? Right? And I was like, he is on to something. You melt stuff together, it loses its flavor. Right? Yeah. Oh my god. It wow. loses. So it's one thing if you're if you're creating something and like it's like okay, I'm going to put this in here, I'm going to put this in here and then I'm going to add flavor so that all of it just like melts together, right? But America constantly being called a melting pot, you're trying to melt away, right? When you melt something, you're burning something off so that you can make wow. it one form, right? So, so deep. Yeah. When, so when we when we call America a, a melting pot, it's like, well, America has more than just Caucasians here, right? Every other country has 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 representation in America, both and America's trying to wash away that. Wow, I agree. So when we think about literally all of what you were just saying, right? When we come into um yoga and anything else right that was brought from another country right when we but 
more so focusing on like the yoga practice, right? Or lifestyle. I'm not even gonna call it a practice, it's a lifestyle, right? Because mm -hmm. it's it's not just what you do on the mat. It's right, okay, I'm gonna practice ahimsa on the mat, right? And make sure I don't I move in a way that is not gonna harm my body, but also challenge me to go deeper. It has to be the same way off the mat, right? I'm not gonna do harm to myself, both and I shouldn't be in a space where I'm causing harm to other people. Right. Where's your intention? What's where, like, what are you, what, what are you coming to this space to do? So when we think about, when we talk about yoga, right. And that lifestyle or that practice that studio, whatever it looks like for people on whatever level they're on, it's that melting pot effect, right? It's like, well, we're going to make it what we want it to be and diminish the root right so it's like the root is is there but whatever mm -hmm. is growing it's like well no i'm gonna dye this flower purple even though it's naturally supposed to be pink when it comes up right or i'm gonna i'm gonna cut these leaves off because i don't i don't really like them i'm gonna i'm gonna like glue on my own kind of leaves that don't fit what this plant is supposed to represent it's it's messed up. Yeah. I want to I want to talk about yoga being demonic in, in religious people's eyes. <laughs> it just came to me. Go for it cuz I did an episode. I did it. <laughs> My just, lord. I did an episode on and I was I was like, "Okay, God. Okay, God. Like I'm going I'm going for the gold. I'm going for the jugular, right? Because and I'm sorry to cut you off, but like I did an episode on it um slightly, right? And it was more just it was just me talking. So it's nice to have perspective, right? Another mm. perspective, another set of lens. And thank you for bringing it up. But it's like when I told certain people that I was like, yeah, like I really enjoy yoga. Like, and I want to learn deeper about, it. they were like, well, what are you going to be a Christian yogi? And I was just like, my, my, is this okay. bad? So listen, let's cheers. Let's reveal this. Can I curse on this podcast or we can't curse on here? You're fine. Just, uh, taking a moment. I'm a reel it in. We're not going to curse. Just a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So let me, yeah. let me, cause I don't want them to censor us. Listen. Ooh, my you know i was watching i'm very open-minded to watch you know videos uh you know with people who are christian sharing their perspectives you know about bible like i like to i don't have all the answers i like to learn when you know friends are willing to share and uh i like to take from it everything with a grain of salt and take from it what i feel like aligns and leave yeah. the rest i'm not you know I don't use terminology sinful or blame myself or these rules and restrictions. Yeah. And I was watching this video and this is someone who's very popular and they're a full-time entrepreneur and they're Christian based and they do events, you know, and everything retreats. And I was watching this person and every, you know, I saw two videos, one of one that was related to something else. And they're both two Christian shows. And I was watching and all I felt was judgment. Mm. All I felt was just, just I, I felt like, you know, when the individual said just one sided and said that, you know, y'all want to do yoga and, you know, yoga is demonic. Yoga is a religion. Yoga is Hinduism. No, sweetheart, please come correct with your education. Like it's like and the one someone has 
such a large following, anyone will believe them because you're following them and you don't think for yourself, your own emotions, but you got to think for yourself. A lot of people, when they follow influencers and they follow mentors and coaches, it doesn't matter. You don't hold somebody on a pedestal and just go based on what they're saying. You need to go and do your own research and know yeah. where you're doing research. And a lot of people don't do that because they want easy. Once again, America, I'm, I'm just going to Google something, whatever answers. Oh, it says this and this on this first line. Let me read a few more. Oh, it's all saying the same thing. So this must be true. No, the real rooted stuff comes from word of mouth, comes from ancestry, comes from a history, you know, comes from talking to your grandparents, talking to uh, people of other cultures and their grandparents. That's how you get the real answers. Yeah. And this is like side. But like even regarding Emmett Till and the movie, like I know somebody who was in that of those times that I actually learned the real story, what really went down in the movies and the story. There's always gaps of communication. Mm -hmm. So this is. Reeling it back to the person, what they're saying about yoga being demonic and yoga being Hindu. Yoga is a practice and us people who are uh, of Hindu religion and, you know, Sanskrit being the first language in the world, like not the first language. Actually, I I, I take that back because I actually don't know. And I'm pretty sure it's from Africa. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, <laughs> we could tap into that, too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, the and Egyptian. Egypt, but, yeah. Yeah. Egypt. But and calligraphy. So. It's so interesting because when the person was saying that it's misinformation, it's false information because yeah. you're now you're saying that we're open to anybody practicing yoga. We're not saying come to our country and, you know, that Hinduism means that uh, that yoga is a religion. You know, yoga is not a religion. You know, like you're saying, it's a practice, it's a way of life. It's and she was the I remember the individual saying that it's um, y'all think it's just exercise, but like that, how meditation and you know, the chakra system and everything is demonic, you know, and it, it and it just mind boggles me how I feel like in the Western world, Christianity is so big and there's like one viewpoints, everything. But when you come from, I was telling a friend this, you know, I was born in India. I come from India, but I'm raised in the States since 1999. So I was six years young and I'm not, I've tried Christianity. Like I've, you know, dabbled in other religions and it doesn't suit me. Yeah. And where I come from, my my land like my roots even though i'm a citizen of the united states and sometimes that's why we're coming together all of us with our differences in america but no one can convince me to become christian because i'm rooted in my spirituality my roots coming from india you know yeah. from my dirt you know my country and i don't know <laughs> like where i was like so i just wanted to mention how you know, when someone's saying that, it's like, wow, and this they have over like 100,000 people following and people, all these people watching. And it's like, wow, you just now program these people false information. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to oh, don't do yoga. And I remember I had a friend who said meditation was demonic and she had, you know, uh, it was taking her into darkness and things like maybe it's your mental health. Maybe it's your perception. It's psychology. And then they influence and this is anyone in general, like your experience, you, when you share, like us even sharing here, we're influencing whoever's listening to this. And but it's up to their uh, discernment to know, like, OK, do I agree with this? Do I align with this? And yeah. you're allowed to say. No. But that projection of one sided that yoga is demonic, like that's very insulting, you know, to people. You even mentioning Hinduism in your video when you're Christian and you think you don't even know. And the person didn't even know. The history yeah. but you just want to you want to say you're ignorant yeah. I, I 
not follow you. So I stopped following that person because you're very disrespectful to other people's beliefs. Yeah, it's always so. And thank you for that. Um, Because again, like, I think and I think my listeners have learned me um, and my 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 stance, right, is mm-hmm. I'm never going to tell you what you should do. Right. Like right. I, I am a lifelong learner. I've I I am a curious person. Like, I've always been a curious person. So it's always like my brain is always like my MacBook. Right. It's like all these tabs are always open. It's like <laughs> because one thing is always going to lead to another. It's like, oh, but what about this? Right. What about this? But what does that look like? Right. So even like when you say like I, I've, I've had friends say to me, um, oh, my pastor told me that that yoga opens up bad spirits. And I was like, well, yoga actually just exposes you to yourself. Right. And I was thinking that too. Yeah. They said that it is demonic. It exposes you to yourself. Right. And so even like meditation, I remember there was a time where like I had some coworkers that I was friends with. They were talking about meditation. I was like, oh my God, like you can't be meditating. Like you supposed to be praying and all this other stuff. And then when I got into it, I was like, wait a minute. You already are meditating. Right. And my pastor says this, I've been, I've been a faithful member of my member of my church for going on nine years. Right. And Mm -hmm. there's every time I think that I'm in confliction with what I believe my healing, what I believe is healing me, my yoga practice on and off the mat, like what I, what I'm curious in all of those there's something that my pastor says and does, and I'm never going to say he preaches. I'm going to say he teaches, right? He gives permission for us to be different and to be called to what we're what we're meant to do, right? Like you said in the beginning of our recording, it's we're like we're not here to just work and pay bills. Like I don't even like how that sounds. Like that's that's the most yeah. disrespectful thing you can tell me that I'm supposed to just do, right? It's like you're called to do something. You're called to shift perspectives and narratives and 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 industries and like all these things. And so I just got chills run through my body. And so <laughs> like the, I think the one thing that saved me from like like getting out of my head when I started my 200 hour was um we were doing like philosophy and the the teacher who was doing our philosophy she's from india and the right before we got started because i had missed day one my son had a soccer game i had to do the mom life thing came in on day two and she was like talking and i was like there but i wasn't and i was like i need to ask her this question before i move any further right i raised my hand i said i have a question she was like yes i was like is yoga a religion and she said no. And she explained all of this to me. I was just like, okay. See, there we go. I'm here. And I'm in it. I just want to. Yeah. And I'm glad that she was able to do that and set that example for you. And I remember you mentioning her when we talked. And I want to say how. <laughs> what was my thought? <laughs> It's fine because there's so like, many, right? There's the like, I oh, think, yes, yeah. I, go, 
Go ahead. Yeah, I remember. No, so my thought is, you know how I was saying how, you know, we all come together from different walks of life, as in, you know, I'm coming from India, I feel more rooted to this. And it's not always necessary that just because I'm from India, I feel more rooted. Maybe I was more suitable to Christianity or uh, Taoism or like whatever, right? And or being Muslim, like it doesn't, it it's your soul's calling. It's not about what country you come from, the color of your skin, any of those. It's what you're called here to do. You know yeah. what I mean? And if you remember like Malcolm X, like became Muslim. So it's like, like the most fascinating thing is because the hot studio, uh, the hot yoga studio I used to go to the owner of there had a car accident and the doctors told him that, you know, he would never come back to normalcy. And he did through hot yoga, he cured his whole body. So there's these miracle stories and these stories of how healing yoga is. And, but if you stay in that belief system and Teal Swan, you know, who's the author and podcaster, she talks a lot about this and she's actually, you know, um, judged to like be cultish and things like that. But everyone needs something to talk about. Everyone has an opinion, but the whole point is that it's your belief system. If you're in this belief and she talks about this on our podcast that, you know, oh, because I'm this religion, I, you know, this is sin. I can't do this. You know, in one of her, one of the stories she was podcasting about, someone didn't get a blood transfusion that could have saved their life, you know, in their family because of their belief that no is sinful or whatnot, whatever it was. Okay. Don't take my word for it. Exactly. And uh, the person ended up dying and they realized like, that was so stupid. Mm. Like if your belief that that could have saved their life. And it's like, my belief is holding me back or Mm. or your whole life. You Oh, my religion says I can't, I can't eat me. I can't, you know, I can't this and that. And it's like, you're not enjoying your life because of these rules and restrictions you're placing on yourself. And I also have a friend who, you know, says that, uh, it's, you know, that Christianity to them is it's missed, uh, misinformed that it's about rules and restrictions to them. It's not. And they've had that transition and transformation, which is great, right? They've like maneuvered it and found their route, but to other people in the mass, it seems like rules and restrictions. That's why a lot of people have this negative connotation about Christianity. Um, because it just feels like they want to strip you away for your authenticity, what your soul's here to do. So yoga can be so healing. If you let it be, it's definitely, great for my body, great for your body. I mean, you're a yoga teacher. And even if I'm not a yoga teacher, like I practice yoga every day too. So this is, this is my discipline. This is my life's practice. This is, uh, I don't compromise, you know, with my life's practice. It's so interesting that it doesn't matter what someone has to say. There is no right of way in being, you know, if something, you know, heals somebody, but you're against it, it doesn't matter that you're against it because that's what works for them. And it's just leave alone. Kind of like people who are LGBTQ plus, it's like, just leave them alone. That's what works for them, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think also, um, like you mentioned about um, like the, the chakra system, right? And people yeah. just kind of like, oh my God, what is this? I think <laughs> like when people, like you said, it's, it's, it's ignorance, right? It's like, yeah, you know, you can also like, at least start a google search to understand what this is right yeah like it like you know you have the capacity to do that both and you also do know that we're not just this body right right like it's it's really going deeper than like you said the surface right it's but are you even willing to right so then there's that right one thing in Christianity that we're constantly taught is that God gives you free will, right? 
And there's a scripture that says, um, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you have the, you have, you like, God gives you power to choose. He gives you his power to choose. He's also telling you, if you like lay, lay down the life that you think you're supposed to be living, right. And follow me, which is the sole purpose of your life. It's going to be more abundant. Right. Or you can stay in this ignorant space and, you know, just kind of kind of stay in this space where it's like, oh, well, this is what this is what this is what grandma and grandpa taught me. This is how it's always been. So this is all I know. It's like, okay, well, that's choice. Right. You can like you have choice. We're not we're not we're not slaves. Like we're not going to be like we're not puppets. Right. Both. And you have choice in staying at this one level of thought process, staying at this one level of understanding or elevating that. Right. And I think, I think, um, and I've been having a lot of conversation people with lately about the truth of spirituality and mental health, right? Like Mm -hmm. doing that healing work. And for me, yoga has been like such a wholeness and holistic practice to where it's like, oh, my brain keeps telling me that I'm not worthy. Right. Because somewhere Mm -hmm. in my life that, that seed was planted. But then like, why do I feel so good when I'm able to like, just freely flow into these poses Mm -hmm. and movements and stuff? And how can I translate that into my, my real life, right? Like off the mat. So now that's the spiritual practice of it. It's like, well, if I, if I can freely move on here, right. On the, on this conversational plane with my body on my mat, Right. And like, how do I translate that conversation every single day? Oh, so that's going to look like me quitting my job because it's making me miserable. Right. Oh, that's going to, I did that. Right. (laughs) I like, oh, it's going to look like going against what everybody else sees as the norm. Right. So my son lives with his father. The way that happened, it sucks both. And it's like, oh, okay. The norm is the mother is supposed to always have the child. But what if the mother Mm -hmm. is not healthy enough? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I think people need to, like you said, right? Like, stop taking everybody else's word for what Mm -hmm. it is. And yet use it as a seed of awareness, right? And that's that's always been my my um my bottom line with every episode, right? It's like this is your seed of awareness, right? I'm sharing my journey, my my story, because I want you to become aware and awaken to what this looks like for you, right? Maybe it's not you quitting your job, right? Because that's not easy, right? Like to wake up one day and be like, you know what? This shit's not working for me anymore. I love that. (laughs) Right? That might not be the awakening that you need, right? Going out on mental health leave, that may not be, like, find find your baseline, right? And then allow that to be where you grow from. I think that's very good. I like that. Um, Ashley, let me... Uh... 
So I, I have here, this quote says, be like a tree, stay grounded, keep growing, and know when to let go. Mm. This was sent to artist who's in Hawaii, um, this quote by in their painting. So it's so interesting. And I want to I wanna talk about how, you know, like going back to my dad, I want to talk about how his viewpoint of yoga and what he sees through Sadhguru or Deepak Chopra and all these people, because my dad was in that world. You know, he's he was in Deepak Chopra's presence. I think they studied together in some form. And, you know, he knew Osho and he was in that in the Bollywood scene like back then and things before all this stuff was popular even. Yeah. So from his perspective, a lot of this stuff is fluffy. And the things he knows and the mantras he knows and ma- ma- mantras, right? <laughs> As in the I, accent. Like, I like how you say it. <laughs> mantras. Mantra. Yeah, it's mantra. But mm-hmm. I have the accent because, you know, I'm from India and Hindi is my native tongue. So it's very interesting how it's become so cliche. And, you know, I want to say <laughs> I'm digressing, but it's really hella insulting to me and my Indian friends, uh, my former Indian friends, when we see namaste in bed on a Target t-shirt, you know, namaste and whatever, like all that stuff. It's it's very insulting. It's kind of like when people put Jesus' face like on a necklace or like on a cross and wore it as like, uh, you know, jewelry as a fad and fashion. And it's like, such as even Frida Kahlo, you know, I'm studying about her again now. And she never wanted to be on a doll or, you know, all this stuff that America does. And it's like, and if this is not like a, hate speech or some kind of rant about oh america this and that like i'm not uh it's not a pity party like i'm not saying that i'm a victim of this or my culture is a victim of this i mean we did uh you know bikram decided to come over here <laughs> with that and like then with osho but it's just like i feel like it's insulting that it's become so common even with like chai you know when people say like oh chai tea i know chai tea we're not talking about starbucks and chai lattes like <laughs> My brand Chai Together, you know, I mentioned Chai Together community, you know, I started because my mom and I drink Indian masala chai together. That's chai, you know, and it's it stands for courage, hope and inspiration. But the reason I named it that is from my roots, like me and my Indian chai. And when you say chai, you're saying tea. So you're saying chai tea, you're saying tea tea, like know what you're saying, like mm-hmm. know where these things come from. And like, so I'm gonna bring it back. So my dad was telling me about how like the proper ways of what he believes in saying the mantras. And, you know, a lot of people would say like, Om Namo Shivaya, you know? And so for him, he, he's, he feels what's suited for him is Shivaya Namo, you know, Bolenath and Shiva are, are the yogi, you know, Adi Yogi, they say the first yogi that was found on the mountains. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was Kailash, but you can learn more on Sadhguru about that. <laughs> so the whole point being that it is Kalash, I believe. Um, that's where they do the Isha walks. But the whole point of this is that, you know how like in the Bible, when things get misconstrued and there's so many copies and it gets revised, it's kind of like what's happened with yoga and it's mm. what's happened with our Indian culture here or even Indian food. And it's just, it's kind of like, it becomes really tiring. You know, like every time I go to a studio at the end, I'm wondering, are they going to say namaste? And it's like, I, I told you before that it's my least favorite part because I'm just waiting for somebody to say namaste at the end. And it's just like, please don't like stop this shit. Cause one day I may just stand up in a class and I just may stand up and be like, stop saying namaste. Yeah. Like it's rude. 
Especially when a few hundred Indian people I see coming in, it's like we're all looking at each other. Me and the Indian, it's like who actually see what I see and have that insight that like, what the fuck is going on here? Excuse me, (laughs) it's cursed, but fine. (laughs) It's just like, but it's like, why? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Like, why? You know, why don't people ask the people you know that are from there before they go and open up? Um, uh, just to be transparent, like an honor yoga or a, or, a, you know, own being OM, you know, as an, um, like, I just find that to be hilarious and ignorant and funny when I have to do that in class with other people, like, um, it's, it's not, um, like, firstly, it's AUM, yeah. this yeah. thing ain't even OM, like, get your life together, people, <laughs> like, what the fudge, <laughs> you know what I mean? like, so I'm saying that like I do not say it. Okay. Yeah. I've never said that say, and I do not say no. Um, it's um it's from uh like you know, and it's just like that's what I'm talking about when you're learning the roots. And it's not so hard. You know, I, I took inner journey with Sadhguru twice. You know, you can watch a lot of videos, you can do your own research, and it's not so hard to learn if you just take the time instead of just going to your yoga studio you know, feeling so looking to find yourself and going to India to find yourself or, you know, and it's just like, it's so freaking cliche and so disgusting. <laughs> like, yeah, for me, is it's just like, stop this show, like, stop this nonsense. Like, you want to find yourself, you need to get some courage and learn about who you are. You don't need to go to India to find yourself. Indians actually find that to be hilarious. Please stop coming to India to find yourself. Okay. <laughs> Go talk like, to your grandparents. Like I have, I have friends in India who are like, they find it to be funny that people want to come, Americans want to come there to find themselves. You just want to get away from your corporate job. Maybe you should start your own business or do something holistic. You don't need to go all the way to India just so you can be stress-free. You're dumb for that. <laughs> like Talk, I have talk no to your grandparents, life. right? So, and yeah, no, I agree, right? It's like intention. It comes back to intention, right? the real intention, not the surface intention. I think people also really want something quick, fast, and and, and, and tangible, right? Yeah. So it's like, I think if people start asking themselves why, like, why mm-hmm. do I want to do this, right? Mm-hmm. What is What am I feeling, right? I've been in a space also where it's like, okay, is it intention or... Um, is it, um, oh my God, is it discernment or distraction? Right. Mm -hmm. Is it, is it intention or is it like me just trying to like quickly do something? Yeah. Right. Like what, which one is it? Because do I want to go to India? Absolutely. It's on my vision board. Why? Right. Right. It's not me wanting to go find myself both. And I believe my journey to like really understanding my level of courage is through traveling Mm -hmm. and doing it by myself. Right. I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, bro, like I've never had the desire to go to like all these hot places that people go to like Cancun and Tulum and I don't have the desire to go to the, maybe Jamaica just because like my parents got married there. Like, I don't know why, <laughs> like, and still it's even like, well, I can, I, like, I'm not going to be sad if I never make it to Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
there's something deeper that I feel. Mm -hmm. And when I look at, okay, what does traveling really look like for me? Like, it's like, oh, there's a cultural thing that I want to learn because I'm a curious mm -hmm. person. I want to learn more about Indian culture, right? Like India, mm -hmm. I want to see the Taj Mahal, not because of his grandiose beauty, but understand the why, right? Like, mm -hmm. how did this become a sacred space here, right? I want to see- there, by the way. Oh, man. I don't, I don't condone it. Like, I don't, I don't support- the story behind Taj Mahal and cutting off the hands of the people who built it and, you know, all the work. And it's actually, it wasn't in good standing last time I checked when I watched a documentary about it, that, you know, all the hard work that's been put into it, but a lot of, you know, inner damage. And there's a lot of, you know, in all things that are big and grandiose, like you're saying, it's always historical times. There's always a lot of violence attached to it and war and all those sorts of things too. So that energy is there also. It's yeah. not, it's, it's I think people look at the and nothing wrong with you wanting to go. I think people look at the surface of like, oh, like he built that for his wife and people like know it as that or like, oh, my God, look how beautiful. Right. But what's the story behind that? It's fucking horror story. Yeah. Excuse me. I really need fine. to like get my. <laughs> it's OK. It's, it's like, all right. Seriously, like it's just like it's it's a horrible story. Like, you know, the reality of it. But we just want to see. Oh, my gosh, so pretty. One of the wonders of the world. Like. Come on now. And that's with everything, like even the things here in America and slavery, let's not go there, but like a whole nother you know conversation. <laughs> but like the whole thing is just like when it comes down to yoga, you know, I feel like yoga has become just some for people like who aren't deeply rooted, just uh, exercise or something cool to do or just like like something to try and stuff. It's like. Don't do it, you know, injustice by just thinking it's just something cool to do or you know it, it's very disrespectful you know that, that's where yeah <laughs> and that's where yeah and that's where privilege comes in right it's rude it's it's and let me also say this out loud it's not just privilege i don't know how how this will feel coming out but i'm also being um real when i say like I'm, I'm i'm thinking outside of race and color also because there are black people that feel like they're privileged right uh, there so yeah. yeah so when we it's it's when people come to yoga with that mindset literally what you just said it's privilege yeah right it's oh Ooh, whoa! It's like, oh, who cares about the root of this, right? I need it for what I need it for. I need to burn. Yeah. So, I and I've distract. yeah, <laughs> I've had I've I've had people ask me about like doing one on ones with them to like help them stretch, and I'm just like, no, or lose weight, and I'm just like, no, that's not why I come to yoga. Like when I get on my mat, sometimes I'm scared to get on my mat. Like there's days I'll intentionally not get on my mat which tells me mm -hmm. i need to get on my mat because there's something sitting in me that needs to be released that i don't want to that's really good you know something comes to mind recently i've come across somebody who just in general like i'm just gonna say that when i see you know everyone can have a website now and start their business and all that right great but when i read through someone's you know, bio, I felt like it was very surface level story of, you know, this is about me. And it's like, where's the deeper story about 
your adversities and hardship and why you do yoga. It's more so of just like your experience and your clinical hours and things like, and I feel like now, and this person specifically is Caucasian, but I just feel like the privilege aspect and of just it becoming because the tattoos you have or like all you just look cool. And now that you do yoga, people want to follow you because you look cool when you do yoga. And, and I'm not saying that they're not deep in their practice, but it's more so of an approach of the, it looks very surface level to me. I want to know you more. I want to yeah. know what's your story. You know, what's the core of your being and why you do this, not just work with me. You yeah. know what I mean? Why should I work with you? What have you been through? Right. People got to relate to you. And I know business is a learning curve, but you got to tell your story. If you can't tell your story, like I'm more vocal. You're more vocal about your personal life, your your son, the father of the son. And it's like, not everyone's like that, but it's like to be more like that because you got to feel people's pain and yoga can relieve that pain. But how are you showing up and just surface level once again? And it doesn't make me feel attracted to want to work with somebody who's surface level. Right, right. Right. Because if we're true to like the the depths of that journey, right? Because yoga is a journey, right? I'm I'm not I'm not here to try and do handstands. I'm not here to, you know what I'm saying? Like make sure you get a pretty picture of me. Like it's so much deeper than that. And if we're true to the authenticity of why we do this practice, right? Why we show up then we're going to be honest with there's days where I know when I come to my mat, I'm timid Mm -hmm. because there's something that my body needs to talk to me about. And I don't want to talk about it. I really like that. And I want to say like, you know, one thing I also observed recently, I took a class in a new place in Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. and I went for a class out and, uh, it was cool. It was different, like different space, bigger, higher ceiling, you know, different environment. And I've noticed in general, even at honor yoga or any yoga class, I do clinical breath work as in I take sessions, you know, uh, and I really breathe into my body and I make noise and that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I have sense that a lot of people are afraid, a timid, you know, shy, like to breathe and be hurt or even like pass gas or like anything. Right. Like, when I when they say breathe in deep, like I'm really going in and I hear nobody else breathing. I feel like I'm the one carrying the breath and the yoga teacher's like, yes, like, you know, and it's like nobody else I hear breathing. Like, why are people so afraid to let go? It's like you come to yoga, but you want to be stern and stiff and make sure you don't make no noise. Make sure you don't fart. Make sure you're like, come on now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Space where you're supposed to let loose. You could cry. You could make as you could sigh. You're supposed to. And I don't care. I get down and dirty. I'm here. I invested in these classes. I'm here on my mat. I don't care who's watching. I don't care what people have to say because I'm a leader. Like I'm a leader in my own community, you know, for Chai Together. And you're a leader here. And it's like people who are leaders and, you know, have maybe more confident and high self-esteem and, um, you know, don't have as many mental health concerns or diagnosis. They carry themselves differently. How you carry yourself in the world you know, it's like, I was a primary example of that. Hey, everyone else, it's okay to breathe. Like you could breathe. We're supposed to breathe, make noise. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. People aren't even what they're supposed to do. They're so shy and afraid. It's like, stop living in fear. That's why you're in suffering. And that's why you're on this mat. Cause you can't even be yourself. Yeah. It's horrible. What a life. Your life yeah. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll be the first to tell you that. 
Like, what a shitty life. Like, yeah. why are you? You're miserable because of your own fault. I'm not the kind of person. I'm more of a Dan Pena, if you guys know of him. And he'll say the F on him. Like, your friends and family don't support you. F them. Da, 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 da. Like, he, he's just going. He's like, F everybody. who. The, and I'm that kind of person that's like, you know, it's just like your life sucks and you're responsible. And I'm not saying when you're in a situation that's clinical or dire or you're being abused and things like that. But if yeah. you have the ability and mental resolve to take action on your life and show up for yoga or do whatever you want and you're choosing not to and you're sitting there complaining, I don't feel sorry for you. I could care less. I don't have time for that. OK, yeah. going back to like being on the mat and breathing, it's like if you can't breathe then I don't know what you're doing in yoga. Why are you even here if you hold him back? Go yeah. home. Yeah. Go home or work. <laughs> like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, right? Before there was yeah. actual asana, the yoga practice was sitting in, in meditation and breath work. Yes. Yes. And that's the same thing with Adi Yogi that I mentioned, you know, the first yogi that was seen sat there no bathroom he didn't use any bathroom he didn't eat and there's a whole story behind that and that's what isha foundation and Sadhguru in india near tamil Nadu, like that's what it represents because they have the big shiva statue which is of adiyogi and he has different terminologies adiyogi shiva bolenath are all same mm-hmm. you know it's all same uh it's just different terminologies for him and so this entity you know you say and that's why, you know, it's held there. That's why Isha Foundation is there. And that's why we honor that. And that's where the first yogi was seen. And that's how yoga came up. People started noticing him and following him like, wow, like it's been like five days. He's been sitting in that same position. And when they say deep breath, it's like his, he left his body, you know, it's as if like it was just body, but he didn't feel the need to use the bathroom or eat or anything. And that's how, you know, and even in Sadhguru's story, and, you know, Sadhguru is big now, but he was never like a normal child that followed rules and things. And he was always different and out in nature and about. And he came across somebody who was doing yoga and that became his guru. And he studied from him. And that's how how I mentioned my dad felt that enlightenment. Sadhguru had the same kind of enlightenment, right? And teaching yeah. from somebody. And that's what I mean. When someone's older, you learn from someone of historical time, someone of, you know, the roots and that's he was fortunate enough, right, to come across somebody like that. And now he's able to pour into us and have this big foundation and things. And that's so necessary. But overall, breathing is what it comes down to in yoga, you know, as if you know, um, that it's not just doing these complex positions and stuff like when someone says, Oh, I've never tried yoga, I've never done yoga. It's like, yes, you have like, if you breathe, you've done yoga, if you've had a moment inside to yourself, like, I feel like, Meditation and yoga uh, differs for everybody. Like, you know, therapeutic uh, and therapies and yoga could just be like having a conversation like this. Something therapeutic could be painting. You know, meditation could be painting. Meditation could be uh, just a breath and song and anything. But, you know, sitting with yourself definitely is yoga and meditation. I believe so. But someone else can disagree with yeah. And I mean, thank you for, I, I love that you gave like those examples of what meditation can be for people. Right. Because I think, I think we're also yeah. always like, okay, you got to sit like this and you have to, yeah, you have to no, be still. I don't, do I don't either. I don't right? even listen. I don't in the classes too. Sometimes I don't follow, you know, along when they say the teachers, because I don't feel like doing this position or I don't. And that, and if someone, if a, if a teacher is ever instructor is ever upset, or has a uh, negative attitude or anything regarding you choosing to do something else or, you know, doing your own thing. 
that's not the proper, that's not how an instructor should be. They should never have an attitude or disrespect or anything about you doing your own thing. You're doing what your body wants to do on the mat. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's just a guy facilitated class. You don't need to follow anything. And you know, one thing I've learned, such as how people don't breathe in yoga, you know, when I'm next to them in the mat, the same thing with like when they want to follow and do positions that they know they don't want to do, or they feel like they have to, because that's the next step. No, you don't have to anything. This is what it comes back to knowing yourself and doing your own research and having the confidence, confidence to assert yourself and not be a passive or submissive person. Yeah. Like you got to kind of confidence because you're just going to be listening. They're going to tell you do this and that. It's like, well, I don't want to do this and that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to voice yourself. Yeah. In the yeah. Period. Yeah. It's also it like, <laughs> it's also, no, it, it's very crazy because see, being a teacher also. They look uncomfortable and unhappy. Yeah. You come to yoga being do this why are you doing it you don't gotta do that move <laughs> no even like people that like oh my god i'm so I, I was rushing to get here it's like why are you rushing to get to yoga yeah like relax you know chill right and but as a teacher i see that a lot right and there's students that are popping out in my head and i send them love and light and energy and you know hope that they find themselves right because it's like Keep your eyes on your own mat, one, right? If you're constantly looking at what everybody else is doing, of course, now ego is going to start playing a thing in your head. And it's like, well, I have to get into this pose. It's like, you don't have to do none of this. Yeah, you get to. You don't have to. Also, I right. laugh a lot. You know, but I, don't, I, I never I do. Possibly. I noticed that I the one class we did take. Thing. Yeah, the one yeah, class I we don't took care. People don't laugh at them. They're all like stern, stiff, like face. And I'm the one who's laughing, giggling and saying all kind of stuff. I'm the only one I ever noticed that's the bright personality in class yeah. and free. Everyone else seems like they're doing like seriousness, what they're supposed to do in routine. It's like, please stop. <laughs> You're not at work anymore, honey. <laughs> right. You haven't, you haven't taken one of my classes, but like I make a, I'm, I, I laugh at myself all the time. Right. Because it's Dude, like, you gotta laugh. I'm a yoga teacher, but I'm also not going to allow you to put such pressure and weight on me and take me out of my human form. Right. I'm still human. I'm still going to say right. like, I keep like yesterday in class, I taught four classes yesterday, but like, mm. and probably all four of them, probably like the last two, every time I would say like, walk your feet, like try to say, walk your feet to your hands. I would confuse yeah. it to him, be like, walk your, walk your hands to your hands. It's like, okay, well, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm thinking about monkeys right hands. now. Right. Like, just, just get to where your feet and your hands can meet each other. Right. Um, I also don't call like that seated position, that easy seat. I always call it crisscross applesauce because I also do yoga with little kids. Right. It's oh, like, like that. yeah. So when I'm teaching adult classes, I say to them like, y'all, I don't, I don't, I don't know if this bothers you. I don't know if I care, but crisscross applesauce, like just get into it. Right. <laughs> and they laugh. It's fun. like, yeah, it's like, I want to have fun and what it is that I do. And if I'm, if that bothers you, me making a mistake or, getting tongue tied or calling it crisscross applesauce, then I might not be the teacher for you. Right. Because I also believe that my yoga practice has also healed spaces where I was feeling blockages in my creativity and coming back into that mm. childlike, childlike spirit. Right. 
which then helps mm-hmm. me when it's time to teach classes, right? I don't write out none of my stuff. I literally go with what I feel in the room and what I feel like. That's right. Yeah, what's what's guiding me and leading me in that space. So I like, but I make jokes, right? I like, I really like, I make jokes with my with my students and some of them love it, some of them don't. But I also make sure that they have autonomy over their body, right? And really cue, listen, I tell them all the time, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm simply guiding you, right? I'm here to hold the space for you. So if your body is calling you to lay in Shavasana from the beginning of class to the end of class, you do that. You have the space. If this is a slow flow class and you just needed to move your body and you feel the need to do chaturangas and and move into a headstand whatever you feel like you need to do do that (laughs) you know what i'm saying like this is your space to really allow your body it's a safe and sacred space that's what yoga studios should be if this is what we're going to do right that safe and sacred Mm -hmm. space for that mom who only has like an hour and a half before she has to go back into mom mode to get away from home and come into a safe and sacred space to where she might just need to take a nap. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yoga, right? Taking a nap is yoga, right? You're listening to your body. You're having that conversation with your body. So yeah. Thank you for that. From like the student perspective. Also, it's like putting a mandate on teachers to, not not feel like, oh, okay, I have to learn trauma-sensitive language, but also understand what does autonomy look like for you and your body and serve that back to your 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 people. Right. Give them permission. Like you, to yeah. Give them permission to move into what feels good for them. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. And like I like the fact that, you know, you wanted to do this today and that you want to learn more and and you're not ignorant to having, you know, like an open mind and like, you have a different perspective. You're not just like being a yes woman, you know, like just, Oh, because, you know, just going with the wind, like, no, you're like, no, wait a minute. I'm going to question this. Why, (laughs) you know, that's very important. That's how people actually become more successful. And, um, Tyler Perry, he always asks why, like he's a billionaire today, but he said that one of the reasons I learned from him is, he always asks why. You probably heard me say this before, but it's my saying. I'm a curious person by nature too. And I always question things, but I never allow somebody to tell me who I am, how I am and how I need to be, unless it's constructive criticism. And I know you closely and personally. Um, I don't allow somebody else's opinion to become my reality. Yeah, yeah. Um, For so long, <laughs> yeah. No, thank you for that. Because for so long, it's like, okay, I, like, why do I keep being in spaces where I just say, like, I'm just being a yes woman. And it's like, okay, I've done enough healing work to get to know, no, right. this is what I actually feel. And this is what feels good to me. And this is what I want to do. And authentically, I'm asking why, because now I want to go deeper, right? So if if we all allow ourselves to, I always say that once you do that hard initial part of a healing journey, Mm -hmm. right? Like rip the bandaid off and start digging into those wounds of why things have been the way they are, what behaviors and patterns you've allowed. 
that now mm-hmm. it becomes an awareness journey, right? Now you're constantly just yes. building awareness and understanding of, oh, I do like that. Why do I mm-hmm. like that? What do I feel when I look at that or when I watch that or when I move like that or when I sit like this or like, you know, all those things, right? Those very intricate pieces of you and honoring those, right? Not not questioning why God, creator, whoever you look look mm-hmm. to as your higher power created you a certain way, but saying thank you. Yeah. Because like the, the iPhone never be like, Steve Jobs, why you make me this way? And now we're the hottest popping, <laughs> hottest popping phone out here. And we in competition with Samsung and their little green bubbles, right? Like <laughs> the iPhone's never questioning I, why it became the iPhone. I feel life is so simple. Human beings, I feel overanalyze and cause themselves anxiety. And this is, you know, and we're always going to have triggers and uh, little T traumas or big T traumas and life is always ongoing. You could heal, you know, always, but always something's going to come up. You know, you're either in a problem going into one or just getting out of one. As Les Brown says, he's a motivational speaker. And, you know, as yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, Les, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Only time you don't have a problem is when you're dead. So like, you know, as long as you're living, there's always going to be something, but it's life, you know, it's not supposed to be just stagnant, just, Oh, meditate all day, peace all day. It's how to manage that and how to maintain yourself. Even when challenges come, it's ups and downs, like literally. And if you can't get with that, I think when people resist to life, life's ups and downs and want things to be perfect always or positive and all this toxic positivity and crap, that's when like they have depression and more so anxiety and become disease in their body because they're resisting to what life really is and not accepting and seeing things for what it is more so delusional, you know, yeah. and it's an illusion, right? Like I understand times illusion, all these things. Great. But if you're not able to just take things for what they are and want to think you can change somebody or think you can fix something or, or, you know, in, you know, it's like, it's, you're hurting yourself. You're hurting your brain. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Real quick, and then I'll let you go, because this has been a beautiful conversation. And I'm so grateful to be in like community with you. Like, I really love I love talking to you. Like your energy is just a thousand. (laughs) I love it. Um, But to your to your last point, I started like really looking at what is good and what is bad, right? When we look at yin and yang, when we look at light and dark, right? There's there's a mm-hmm. up and a down, there's a left and a right, like there's two sides to everything, right? So I started like really training my brain to move away from, oh, this is good, this is bad, this is good, this is bad, mm-hmm. right? And allow things to yeah. just be. And so I I like, I said to myself one day, I was like, okay, if this is, if if this new like brain training right of nothing is good nothing is bad everything just is how do you mm-hmm. explain abuse right so mm-hmm. i think for cuz i like although i'm very i'm i'm in a very good and amazing space right removed from mm-hmm. what and not just one one episode of abuse, but like really looking back, like, cause you, cause you, cause you understand moving forward from when you're able to look back, right. And really Mm -hmm. investigate what's back there. Right. That's history lessons, right. You have your Mm -hmm. own history lesson with yourself. I started looking back at all these things and it's like, okay, 
it's all alignment, right? I was never in alignment. I was never in alignment. And what allowed for me, and again, this is this is my this is my viewpoint and how my brain and my curiosity and my healing um looks like for mm -hmm. you know understanding life backwards to move forward, right? To continue to to move forward and be able to do healing work with other with other women in this space also, right? Those other people call them my abusers, whatever you want to look at that, right? Are whatever their behaviors were, were just not in alignment with me. I did not mm -hmm. have the 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 capacity to see it then. But again, life is understood backwards so we can move forward. I can now say that I was forcing myself into in a into a line that didn't have my name on it. That wasn't for me. Right? You know, this also helps me. Mm -hmm. I had a former friend one time say, because I believe, you know, when people say everything happens for a reason. And I agree with that. I'm aligned with that. However, you know, I remember a friend questioning, well, you know, kid was hit by a bus or someone was raped, like that happened for a reason. You know, it's like, you can't, it's, it's, I, it's, this is the part where it comes in when things are unexplainable or it is still happening for a reason. It doesn't mean nothing bad's going to happen. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, bad things happen all the time and things out of our control. And it's like, it's, it's a trajectory of life. Yeah. You know, when you come to statistics, it's numerical. You know, it's a numbers game. People are going to, this amount of people are going to die from cancer. Not this amount of people are going to live until age 80. You know, this is life and this is what life is. So yeah. it's like that resistance will, if everything happens for a reason, like, as in like, you're taking more of a positive, you know, outlook that well, only good things are supposed to happen for a reason. No, like bad things happen for a reason too. Trauma gives us purpose. That's why we're here today talking about this. And yeah, abuse happened to me too. Like so many horrible things happen to people all the time. Sometimes, you know, more people have more bigger T traumas, you know, more severe ones like loss of child, you know, loss of husband, like all these different things, rape, like things like that. And then there's smaller T traumas, like, you know, being, uh, being embarrassed at the store by your mom, you know, being slapped at the store by your mom or, you know, things like that. This is all trauma or being told to shut up in the back of a car and that, you know, a mom that's overworked and, you know, tired and just, is that's also abuse. It doesn't negate the fact that that's not abuse, but also right. doesn't way that the single mom, let's say, is she's doing the best she can. Everything is just ebb and flow. Like everything is just, it is what it is. And it's like now with self-development and yoga and these practices and all to our capacity, we're learning how can we just be better people? How can we show up in the world as better people and carry ourselves um, and less of well, why did this happen to me more of, you know, this happened to me and this is what I'm going to do about it. And this is how I'm going to move forward. If you stay in that space of for me or, yeah. you know, victim and everyone does levels to this, right. You grow out of it, but the more you do that, the more you're stagnant in your life. Absolutely. You know? Thank you so much. Pratiba, yeah. my girl. I so, that. <laughs> <laughs> so grateful for this conversation. I feel like we could talk all day, literally. <laughs> yeah. Literally could talk all day. But thank yeah. you so much for just being 
a, a wounded healer just being open to transparency and vulnerability <laughs> and courage and the wisdom that you have like and thank you for sharing it with me and all my peoples that tune in every week like I'm grateful I'm so grateful to be in that's how I'm free I I you know I have no disease I have no secrets the reason why I was experiencing suffering because I felt like there were secrets I'm taking to the grave things I can't tell anybody and harboring so much uh intensity and depression and anxiety because of what other people did to me or you know family secrets and being sexually abused, molested, things like that. And you hold on to those things. Like I can't tell nobody for your life. And you're living and suffering, thinking about that thought all day in and out. You can't really progress in life. Mm-hmm. And once you yourself and confront those people or have some kind of healing and outlet and tell somebody and free yourself, you feel liberated. And that's how I literally felt was liberated back in 2020. When I said, this is what happened to me. And these people did this to me. And I felt so free that I've been free since, as in I've had a voice since because I have nothing to hide. I literally have no fear in stating my truth. And people ask like how they want to be happy like me or how I'm happy. I said, let go of any secrets. And it's like, they tense up. They're like, oh no, my mom, my mom doesn't know about my abortion or I can't say that my husband, like I know people whose husbands don't even know what their wives are thinking. Like as in they're harboring secrets, not even cheating, but things they want to say that they never said. And you're sleeping next to this person day in and out. Day in and out. Eating you alive. And people know to be free. All you have to do is speak up. Use your voice. Open your mouth. God gave you a voice. Even if you you still speak up, like let it go. And what's the worst that could happen? What? Like someone's going to harm you. Someone's going to, those people harming you, they're afraid and they feel guilt and embarrassment once you say the truth of what they did to you, not you who should be ashamed and embarrassed. They're the ones who do. And then they will leave you alone, most likely. Once yeah. you say, I'm no longer a victim. You're not, I'm not your punching bag. You do this to me, I'm going to F you up too. I'm no longer taking your S. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. It gives you balls. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's like. I feel empowered. Yeah. Because then it's like, okay, I dare well. you do something now. Yeah, it, it it comes back to choice, right? It's like, okay, do I want to choose to keep living a life where all of this is eating me up, or do I want to choose freedom and see what I like, see what that brings me, right? I choose it's so amazing. I choose freedom. I choose like, and sometimes I'm like, Ashley, why do you tell all your business? And I'm like, am I telling my business or am I setting myself free yes. and giving other people permission to set themselves free? Authentic, like. You know, I got the job recently, you know, I showed up as me, like how I am right now. Like, you know, you were with me the time I got the job and uh, they love my strong personality, my transparency, authenticity. I don't want to be in no space that's robotic, corporate related, where you, where you have to pretend to be somebody else, wear a mask. I want to wear my mask, my face, my personality, they in and out. I can't be living in no depression, no anxiety. I don't got effing time for that. No. I got this one life. I'll find a way to make money. I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Listen, bars, bars. I don't care what the title is. I don't care what you are, director, CEO. I don't care. I yeah. We shit the same. We eat the same. We're the same blood. I don't care. Absolutely. So anyway, it's <laughs> <laughs> an amazing time being here today. And you can follow me in our Try Together community group, which is awesome. And yeah, you could look me up, Try Together. That's C-H-A-I. And yeah. This is awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, Pratima. And we will be right back.
how y'all doing yes uh i really enjoyed having that conversation with uh pratiba um it was a real like random conversation that we had one day and it was just like oh we've been sitting here for four hours talking about this and it's a conversation worth having and sharing um one thing that i will never not do now that i have really found my voice right um learned how to advocate for myself and advocate for others is not speak truth um and when those moments come up where and not even just for me right i i give this i share a lot about myself because i want to inspire other people to utilize their voice right so when something starts nagging at you and it's like ooh, why am i now questioning that right don't ignore that allow that to be what guides you deeper into what is true for you right and how you can shift and maneuver whatever industry whatever field whatever whatever it is that that question is coming up about right so never never choose to remain the same never choose to remain the same uh growth is a choice and it's available to everybody um you just have to say yes to doing it and be uncomfortable with what what you might have to say out loud um i actually enjoy being the one in my family amongst like i enjoy being i don't call it the black sheep the pink sheep i enjoy being the pink sheep because i'm never going to allow myself to settle on being in a space that doesn't feel good to me where i can't question something and learn and go deeper into it right um, I love being the one to expose conversations that need to be had. I also love being the one that will shift what needs to be shifted, right? Um, yeah, so I hope this was fruitful, knowledgeable, and you know, that you learned something, right? My goal is to always make sure you learn something, learn something from this right going back to tyra banks and uh american not american idol oh my god top model um but yeah yeah i hope you all continue to walk in love peace joy and abundance i love you all for free take care <laughs>